This is the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toys and Ford. Hello everyone, I'm Scott Montesano. So excited to have you join us on a program that highlights the local sports around our wonderful region. Coming up on this episode, we'll touch base on what's going on locally, of course. Lots of high school football. We'll also have a conversation with Oak Ware Memorial head football coach Rob Scott. So let's not waste any time and round those bases locally. Well, again, the high school football playoffs are underway, and this is not the short change. Of course, boys' soccer playoffs are going on as well. Memorial, as they almost are, are doing on an annual basis, having a good run in the playoffs. Both North and Memorial Volleyball are going deep in the playoffs. Lots of volleyball around the area. But we'll start off with high school football. The high school football playoffs are underway. And, and football... When you get to the playoffs, and I'd say the same thing once you get to the second weekend in the basketball playoffs as well. And I think this would hold true with other things like, say, volleyball coming up this weekend. But it feels more like an event than something that's on the calendar. People get excited for Friday night football, but the playoffs becomes more of an event by which I mean it's something that more people are thinking about from Monday on through, especially once you get to Friday, people wake up, and from when they wake up until when they get to the ballpark, it's all they're thinking about. When you are there, everyone's attention is singularly focused on the ball game. It's... yeah. You're not just there for the for the social scene. You're not just there to to hang out. A hundred percent of your focus is on the game. So it feels much more like an event when you get to the playoffs. I said this on Friday when I was calling a game, Boyceville and Clear Lake. You can have fireworks at any time. Fireworks are exciting and and all that, but. There's a difference between having that fireworks show on August 15th and the same fireworks show on July 4th. It's more of an event on July 4th, even if it's the same thing. <laughs> uh, it's like a Memorial Day movie. Movies that are released on Memorial Day weekend feel more like a big deal. Uh, looking at looking at what we've got going on in the area, Regis is still pumping along. They've got a marquee matchup this weekend against Edgar. And by the way, having been out to Edgar last year, did a Spring Valley at Edgar game, this is a game that almost feels viscerally personal for, for Edgar. There is, I would say, pure dislike from Edgar towards Regis and that's a whole narrative you can you could try to 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 dive into and whatnot but there is pure dislike in Edgar for Regis so that should be a fun one on Friday night and, and boy what Regis has done you think back to a month ago facing that true adversity they had looked sloppy they were having a hard time really getting going this year compared to previous years it's all relative, if you will. It's all relative. They were still good, but they didn't have they didn't have a Xander Rocco and a Carson Tate that were just 
bulldozing over guys offensively. So it took them a little bit more time to build it up this year. But ever since they lost to Mondovi and fell behind 9-0 early against Stanley Boyd, they've looked like the Regis of of old. And uh, we'll see what type of game they have against Edgar. But they got by Nielsville Granton with little drama, trucked Osseo Fairchild, and no issues with Elmwood Plum City last week. So we'll see what Regis does this weekend. And it is conceivable... Regis could be back home in a couple weeks, or their season could be over. They win on Friday night. They could be back home if Spring Valley were to beat Boyceville. Boyceville, the number one seed, but Spring Valley at Boyceville, that's kind of a toss-up game, though Boyceville is very, very good. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. Uh, Chai High with a uh, much ballyhooed upset of Hudson on Friday night of last week, and rightfully so, people very excited. The Cardinals putting it together late in the season, and who knows how much further the magical ride will go, but they've got a memorable moment. Uh, was on my way back from calling my game on Friday. Listen to Chuck Rakovich on the, the Chai High broadcast, and, and he... <laughs> <laughs> and he, he sounded like an eight-year-old kid who came down the stairs on Christmas morning and found a brand-new bicycle waiting underneath his Christmas tree. He sounded like a much younger coach than somebody who's been doing it for decades, and I say this with, a, with positivity, not to, to make fun of the guy or anything like that. There was pure, unadulterated joy in his voice when he was doing his post-game uh, interview. Uh, one other thing I want to touch on here with football, and I like this. So in the leader telegram last week, leading into the playoffs, they're talking to various coaches. And we're going to go back to Regis for a moment uh, with this and bring in Mondovi. So they're talking to all these coaches about playoff previews and all that. And they get to Craig Loeschider, the head coach at Mondovi. And Craig Loeschider gave some rather interesting comments to the leader telegram that would be classified as controversial only because there's a little bit of pepper, a little bit of ground-up pepper, where typically everything is very, you know, bland, boiled chicken as far as the comments that coaches give to the local media here in high school sports and with very positive reasons why they do that. Craig Lowsider made a comment. Mondovi technically tied with Regis for the Clover Bell Conference title, but you and I both know Mondovi beat Regis in a very fun ball game about a month ago. And Craig Lowsider said he believes Mondovi is the real title holder of the Clover Bell Conference. You, know, you can say we're co-champs, but I believe we are the champs. And he said that while at the same time saying, hey, nothing against Regis, and they run a good program, but we're the champs. I believe that. We, we didn't, we're we not sharing anything. That is our title. We beat them fair and square. And I agree. Good for Craig Lowsider to say that. I, I agree with that. I always found it awkward that so many conference titles are co-champs or shared titles. And typically when you go to these schools and they've got all these old banners up, they don't say, hey, we shared the title this year or anything like that. Everybody 
proclaims we won the title. So when you see, hey, you know, conference champs, 1987, for all you know, was a three-way tie, but they've got the banner saying they were conference champs or, you know, they list out all the years that they have it. But I always found it awkward that we do claim to have these tied titles, especially in football, when you have a clear tiebreaker. You have these teams play each other. So unlike, say, basketball, where maybe you've played twice and you split the two games, here you've played each other. Whoever won the game gets the tiebreaker. So I've always ag- I-, I agree with Craig Lowsider. I look at Mondovi as the Clover Bell Conference champion. Now, now, that said, if your argument back to me, if your argument back to me is any opportunity we have to spread the wealth amongst student athletes, that's what we're going for then I'm cool with that. If you were going to come back and say, Scott, yeah, the tiebreaker and all that, it would make sense, but any opportunity we have to say kids are champions, we're going to take that. Yeah, is there a participation medal aspect to it? Perhaps, but I'll, 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 I'm cool with that. If you're saying, yeah, you and I both know, in this case, Mondovi beat Regis, But what harm does it do letting Regis, who finished with the same record, claim they're a conference title holder and these athletes can do with it whatever they may as time goes on? I'm cool with that. Absolutely. I will not fight you any further with that. I still think in this case, Amandovi should not have to share a title, but I'm not going to fight you on that because... You have a very valid point. The more opportunities we have to allow kids to call themselves a champion, thumbs up on that. But if you try to over-explain it to me and tell me, well, one game doesn't mean anything, it would have to be a best of seven or some nonsense like that, ha, then, then, then you and I are going to have some, some words over that. Mentioned volleyball, by the way, North Am Memorial playing on Thursday night later this week for a, the both North Memorial two wins away from going to Green Bay and to the Rush Center. Memorial steamrolled over North about a month ago when those two programs got together. We'll see what happens here. I forget where that game... I think that game's in Menominee. The North Memorial game. And it got me... It gets me thinking, and I know you have to play it on a neutral site, and Menominee is a very nice venue and what have you. When we do get the Son and Tag Center online here next year, is UW-Eau Claire going to have the, the foresight to want to host games like these? And I know it becomes difficult, and the, the, you don't see as many colleges in Wisconsin hosting these neutral sites. A lot of it's the high schools and all that. But that North Memorial game, for volleyball is 30 minutes away, more like 40 minutes when you factor where the high school for Menominee actually is. It's 40 minutes away. It's not that close. And you've got two schools that, that that's a marquee matchup on Thursday night. And I, it's the best of the, you, you play it over in Menominee, that's fine. Because you don't have any option here. You can't play it at North. You can't play it at 
memorial because you're not allowed to have any type of home court advantage. So I say, yeah, let's let's. You could, maybe you could have hosted it at Altoona. Could you have? Ho- I mean, you maybe Altoona's got a nice. You know, Altoona's actually a pretty nice venue, but. It'd be nice if, you know, next year when Sonnentag opens up, something like this would be hosted at Sonnentag where, yeah, you're not going to fill up 5,000 seats, but it'd be a lot more convenient for people than having to go all the way to Menominee uh, for that. Uh, quickly with the Eau Claire Blue Golds, the, uh, the football. T- oh, one last thing with the volleyball. Uh, my daughter's teacher, my fourth grade, my daughter's fourth grade teacher coach on that. Uh, memorial team. I think my daughter's pulling for her her, t- her teacher's team to lose those. I don't think my teach my daughter loves her teacher, and she doesn't want her teacher to be gone for a few days and have to have a substitute teacher while they're at states. Uh, moving on to the Blue Golds football team, uh, lost again over the weekend. Uh, raced out to a 14-0 lead against Platteville, actually stole a possession to begin the game, got an onside kick, led 14-0, and then got dismantled the rest of the game. Uh, defense remains an issue for the Blue Gold. It's, it really goes back to a couple to last year. The defense has been, uh, unfortunately, an issue for the Blue Golds for the last, really, three years. You can go back to ever since early in the post-COVID year, the 2021 season, uh, when Victor Martinelli got hurt early in that season, uh, the defense has had a hard time really staying up with Wyatt competition. Uh, so it is it is what it is that the defense still remains an issue for the Blue Golds. And, and, and before you throw it all on the defense, giving up all these points, the offense doesn't move the ball with enough uh, consistency when the offense isn't moving the ball when the offense is going three and out or the offense isn't flipping field position that obviously hurts the defense the whole complimentary football thing Uh, the thing is on all of this is before people start wanting to throw the baby out with the bath water you knew this year the, the growth of the program is probably things you and I aren't going to see that's just the reality of it. The growth of the program, what gets everybody excited about bringing in Rob Erickson and this coaching staff, the things that are going to furnace this program, you know, elevate this program further are probably things happening behind the scenes, the recruiting that's going on now, the players that they've brought in this year that are freshmen that you hope are going to, and the idea would be they elevate into the two deep next season. So you're you're a year, a year from now. You're hoping that are you looking towards making a playoff bid next year? Well, it'd be it'd be amazing if they're able to do that. But you'd be looking for a little bit more tangible tangible look at the scoreboard growth next season. That's for sure. But right now, don't get discouraged by what you see on the scoreboard or what you're seeing in terms of uh, the way the games are playing out. Uh, One thing you heard a lot of last week with the Blue Golds was they talked about playing with physicality. And what I always take that for in football, uh, 
And we actually heard that a lot last year, too. They wanted to increase the physicality. In, in terms of football, when you're seeing coaches or hearing coaches say we got to play with physicality more, it's usually a sign that they're seeing some hesitation from guys on the field. Just that brief hesitation, especially on defense. And, when, and not that they don't want to make contact. That's not the idea. But they're hesitant because they're not 100% sure of what they should do. They're kind of processing it still in their mind. And when you're hesitant, you're not as apt to run through your opponent. But when you're playing free and easy and you have 100% confidence in, in what your right foot is doing in comparison to your left foot, then you're running around there, you're making plays, all that. It, it looks much more physical. I think that's what you probably have a little bit with this blue goal team, especially with a new coaching staff, especially as you're trying to insert systems in there, is that you're trying to get guys playing with that that free and easiness out on the field. And the more they do it, the less they have to think about it. It's no different than when we all learned how to drive a car. First few times you're driving a car, you're a little hesitant about everything you're doing. And then as time goes on, it's free and easy. Uh, looking at the schedule for the Blue Golds, they have a game against Lacrosse, a game against Whitewater. In between those two is the November 4th home game against Stout, and I, I think that one's probably circled. That probably is, on paper, the next one they've got an opportunity to be competitive in and maybe win because one thing that probably of, – of all these losses that the Blue Golds have had over the years, the inability to beat Stout has always stuck in the craw of the program across a number of coaches, across a number of players, is to get that win against Stout. There's been a couple of tight losses against Stout. There's been a few few blowouts at the hands of Stout as well. And, hey, if you pull off an upset against Lacrosse, great. If you pull off an upset down in Whitewater and win there for the first time in 25 years, hey, great. But if, even if you lose those two, if they could beat Stout, as far as we're talking about making growth and tangible growth and all that, that would be a rather big step forward. That would be ending a negative streak that the program has had. Uh, quickly, men's soccer. Had a chance to go check out men's soccer on Saturday night as they took on Luther. Uh, had a good time there. Uh, Blue goal men's soccer won the game. It was a lovely night. One of the you know, a rare, lovely, I say rare, it's been, you know, we've had a lot of lovely nights this fall, but it was a lovely night, great setting with just the, the crisp air and, and you get sort of the, the ambient noise from Claremont Ave, it, you know, as odd as it is. Uh, if you like a, a more urban environment like I do, yeah, you're not going to get the, the, the tranquil, bucolic nature of Carson Park at Simpson Field, but you get kind of a low hum from Claremont. It's not a distracting noise by, by any stretch of the imagination, but it just feels like an active environment there. Uh, but had a good time at the uh, men's soccer game. Lots of penalties, penalty kicks to you and I, but in soccer they call them penalties. Lots of penalties in college soccer. There are a lot of penalty kicks that are taken in a game. And then... Uh, one the uh, one other thing here, uh, Chippewa Steel. Uh, over the weekend, they had they were they'd been on a heater for a while. Uh, they were swept though by the Minnesota Wilderness 
over the weekend. Still, the Steel remain towards the top of the standings in their division. Very good start for the Steel, who are looking to grow upon that playoff berth of a year ago. Joe Kelly, Eau Claire's own Joe Kelly, 11th in the North American Hockey League in goals as he has scored eight thus far. Joe Kelly, by the way, graduate of Eau Claire Memorial. And a few days ago, we had a chance to catch up with Eau Claire Memorial head football coach Rob Scott. Memorial football didn't quite uh, achieve the goal they had this year. They, they clearly wanted to make the playoffs this year. Didn't quite happen for them. Rob Scott will address where he thinks his team came up a little short. He'll also address some of the positives from this year as well. We'll hear from Rob Scott coming up on the other side of this timeout as the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch continues. Hi, this is Craig Toyson. And at Toyson Ford, whether it's buying a new vehicle or having your current one repaired, we take customer service very seriously. And a big part of that is making sure that we have the same familiar faces each and every time you visit. We take great pride in the longevity of our staff, and it shows in the kindness and the good care we give each of our customers. But don't take our word for it. Read our reviews online and ask anyone with a Toyson sticker on the back of their car. They'll gladly tell you why you'll find a friend at Toyson Ford. And the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toys and Ford continues on. Opportunity for us to catch up with Eau Claire Memorial head football coach Rob Scott. Obviously, high school football season, the regular season, has recently wrapped up. And a chance for us to catch up with the coach and get a feel for how things went at Memorial this year. Coach, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. Well, we obviously know the the record, and, and again, not to be cliche, not to be flippant, but high school sports is much more than the wins and the losses. So beyond the win-loss record, where'd you see some wins for your team this year? Well, when you look at the total picture, you know, the, the win-loss record is is extremely important, uh, especially at the varsity level, and and we, we did not have the, the season that way that we wanted to have by any means, and we are... Uh, going through that right now and doing an autopsy of our, of our season and uh, figuring out, you know, what can we control to, to get better and what can't we control and, and uh, seeing, just taking a look at everything. So, so we can evaluate uh, how, how we can and need to get better. And, and first I have to look inward and I need to do a better job uh, to make that possible. Um and then, um, like I said, we need to look at look at every possible thing in our program to so we so we are more competitive, and we want to be competing at the top of the conference and eventually win conference championships. Uh, off the field, uh, we have seen a tremendous amount of growth in in really all levels of of our our football program, and and that's a huge part of what we're doing. We're growing people and uh, developing developing people, and we feel really really good about that. Uh, our kids see it. Um, everybody sees that part of it. And, and sometimes, you know, that, that comes way before, uh, sometimes it comes way after the scoreboard, but, uh, I feel like we're, we're in a great spot there. Now we need to get the scoreboard caught up to it. One thing I'm going to, I'm going to jump to here is uh, when it comes to building a high school football program, obviously it's different than the pros or even college. You, you can't go out there and hit the, the transfer portal <laughs> and, 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 and bring in players here and there for that. It, it, a lot of it starts at the younger levels and bringing athletes up. 
We've seen the stories of participation in high school football in Wisconsin down and all that. But overall, in Eau Claire and in your feeder system, how are those participation numbers? How are you guys doing in terms of building up a culture, building up the talent pool, starting in seventh, eighth, ninth grade when kids really start to maybe get into football after they've been in some other sports? Yeah, you know, from from the top down, uh, you know, at the high school level in 2022, we had the highest numbers uh, that Eau Claire Memorial, any records I can get my hands on in the last 15 years, uh, participating nine through 12 in our high school. And and this year we were close to that, too. I mean, we're talking about four or five, the difference in four and five kids. Um, You know, one one of the things that we're working on is our eighth grade program. Uh, We have we have two middle schools that feed into to our high school and and uh, we're looking at how to how to bolster that program. And then um, seventh grade, we play flag football uh, in our school district. And, you know, some kids are venturing out to play tackle. And then uh, last year we started uh, there. There's never been a feeder program to Memorial football. And we started that last year. And that's been flag football, third through sixth grade. And we have uh, this year we had a pocket of about 25 kids uh, join a tackle football league, which was a great experience for them. And uh, so we have a long ways to go in our feeder systems. Uh, we've came a long ways when, you know, we start from nothing, but that, all that stuff takes time. And a lot of times, you know, not to be cliche as well, but a lot of times in life, things that, you know, are sustainable, take a while to build. And, and we're feeling some of those pains. And we're also having some of the joy of, of launching that and, and getting the ball rolling and, you know, once that ball gets rolling, we're, we're going to keep gaining momentum here. Who are some highlighted players for you this year? You, you had, you had some people that could produce on offense. I know that. Yeah, we, we do have uh, some, some very skilled players and, and uh, you know, some of those kids are coming back, which is exciting. Uh, you know, we, we had a few kids on defense that, uh, you know, really when you look at their whole body of work from the season, um, put up some really good numbers and, and uh, a couple of those kids will be moving on to, to uh, and have opportunities to play at the next level, and and uh, it's exciting to get some of those kids back as well. And then, and then offensively, you know, we have some some uh, gifted kids that did a really nice job when we got them the ball, and and uh, you know, you'd like to get them the ball on every play, and sometimes they play positions where you know that's not not possible. But uh, you know, we we had a lot of uh, pockets of very very good individual. Um, performances and we have some good individual talent and uh, you know unfortunately the putting all 22 together and and special uh, teams you know um, we weren't able to s- sustain that for for long periods of time this year I know you want to beat him every year and rightfully so but how much more fun does it add to the rivalry having North sort of kind of completing this resurrection they've had in the last 10, 15 years and getting to this competitive level. Again, you want to beat them, but it's probably a lot more fun uh, to have a, a, a fun competitive rivalry, isn't it? Oh, uh, well, as far as our game this year, zero fun. Uh, <laughs> well, obviously this year. <laughs> Memorial's been on a, on a nice run in, in that uh, matchup. Um, but I tell you what, North is doing great things. Uh, I have the ultimate respect for Coach McGinnis and his program. Um He's been able to get a lot of coaches that are in the building now. I believe they have six or seven guys that are, are teachers that are in there at Eau Claire North that are doing a nice job pouring into the kids. And, and that makes a huge difference. And, and uh, 
I consider Coach McGinnis a good friend, and we talk all the time. And in a lot of ways, uh, Memorial and North have to work together to uh, um, to to bolster both of our programs. And we're moving on to a new conference next year together. And and uh, look, every week I, I hope North does a nice job, except for except for the week that we play. And I'm confident in saying that Coach McGinnis and his staff feel the same way about us. Uh, it's a great great rivalry in our town. Um, but uh, when we're not playing each other, you know, I think we root for each other as well. And you touched on, uh, you know, a year from now, people will be getting used to the start of maybe some brand new rivalries and the change in schedule. And a lot's been made about that in the last few years. And people can debate for, for eons over, over all of that. But it is what it is. So everybody gets ready for it. And how excited are you? and the program to, to see some fresh competition gone or maybe some long time series, but a chance to see some different talents, see some different coaches and uh, see a different part of the state on Friday nights. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot made of it and, and change is always going to raise eyebrows and, and, and do all of that. You know, I, I empathize with the WIAA and our, our football, co our Wisconsin football coaches association we have to do something, you know, to make the state uh, have a better competitive balance. And I see this as a, a viable option. Uh, you know, we're at, we're going to, uh, to the East now, you know, with, with the old Wisconsin Valley conference and, and, you know, at some point the big rivers in the Valley conference over there, we knew we're going to merge, uh, you know, and, and as long as we keep these 14 schools together between the two, uh, I'm happy. I, I do believe in two years it'll shuffle again, but I want these 14 schools to stay together. It may go big, small uh, in two years, or it may go east-west or the right east-west because it's not quite that right now. But nonetheless, with crossover games and stuff, we're, we're joint at the hip anyway. Um, you talked about old rivalries, new rivalries. You know, in the Chippewa Valley, uh, the, the four teams that were traditionally in the big rivers you know, we're still going to play all of them. So we're still playing, uh, you know, one will be a crossover game. One will be a, a uh, non-conference and then we're still going to play Hudson. Uh, so, you know, there is change, but it's not everything that everybody's making it up to be, you know, will it be a harder conference? Will it be an easier conference? It'll be the same about, uh, you know, when you look at it over past history in non-conference games in the last five years, the big rivers is, is done very, very well against Wisconsin Valley. Um, but if you look at it over the last 30 years, you know, Wisconsin Valley's probably done pretty well against the big rivers. So any given year, and um, we're just once again circling back to uh, we need to keep these 14 schools together in the northern part of the state that uh, um, will make great competitions, very stable, good programs throughout that list of 14. And, and you know, there's parts of the state where people can't fill schedules. So we're very fortunate to have this the way we do. And once again, that was Oak Ridge Memorial head football coach Rob Scott. Great chatting with him and uh, look forward to seeing what he's able to do with the program going forward. Well, when we come back with you in a couple of weeks, we'll have seen how things shake out a little more in terms of high school playoffs, the fall sports seasons winding down. Does anybody go really deep in boys soccer? What about the volleyball? What about the football? We'll have more of a clearer understanding 
in a couple of weeks. We'll see what's going on with the Blue Golds, the Steel, and much, much more. That'll do it, though, for this edition of the Sports Watch program. On behalf of everybody who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Monasano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.